Well, good morning. It's uh, definitely wonderful to be here this morning. I've been looking forward to this ever since the the first trip up, and it was uh, such a wonderful blessing last time, and and been such a wonderful night last night, and just good fellowship, and thankful to be here. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And I appreciate the, the condolences as well. It's, you know, Paul, I believe it was in Timothy, describes his death as being a, a departure. And, and that word is a, a nautical term. It's, it's when you, you set free from the port and uh, you sail out. And, and that's kind of what the, the death of a believer is. It's a, a departure from this world. It's set free from this flesh and, and the things of this flesh. And uh, you know, my grandfather, he thought about it as I was you know, going to North Carolina. My grandfather, was he, he preached the gospel for, uh, I believe, over 50 years. And um, you know, I thought about the, you know, he who he preached so faithfully for so many years. He he awoke in glory and saw him face to face and, you know, was just like him. And, you know, he who he looked to by faith for so many years, he he finally saw face to face. And when you consider it that way, you can't help but just rejoice. Galatians chapter 5. I hope the Lord will give me a little bit of freedom on this text this morning. And I feel like I have a lot written down, which I usually don't like to do, but I don't want to try not to miss anything. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. It's, It's important to understand that what happened in this Uh, in the churches of Galatia, and we're going to kind of look at some of this in the book of Acts, but what had happened in the church of Galatia is uh, there was a group of people that came down into this area, and they had told the Galatians that unless you be circumcised, you can't be saved. And this is why Paul is specifically mentioning circumcision here. But understand that with circumcision, you can add anything to it, and we're going to look at that a little bit more. He said, if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, he's a debtor to the whole law. If you're going to look to circumcision, and you're going to look to circumcision as your basis of salvation, you've got to go to the whole law. You're, you're under the whole entire law. And he said, Christ has become of no effect unto you. And this is, when you consider what Paul is saying here, the, the gravity of it, the importance of it. He said, if you're circumcised, Christ profits you nothing. He said, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. If you're going to the law for justification, you're no longer under grace. You're under works. He said, if you're going to the law, then you're a debtor to the whole entire law. You have to keep all the law of God. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So Paul, here on the end of this epistle, he's writing to the Galatians. And he says, stand fast, therefore, in that liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. In Christ, we are free. We're free from sin. 
We're free from the, the, the power of sin, the dominion of sin. We're free from the guilt of sin, the penalty of it. We, we still live with the presence of it. We're not free from that yet, but one day we shall be. One day when we're, when we're with Christ in eternity, we'll be free from the presence of sin. But we are free from the guilt of it. We're free from the penalty of it. We're free from death. We're free, specifically what Paul is talking about here, we're free from the law. Free from the curse of the law. Free from the condemnation of the law. And we're free from the covenant of the law. We don't look to the law for salvation. We're free from the moral law, the ceremonial law. We don't look to that law for salvation. We're free from it. Because Christ, in Christ, he fulfilled it all. He fulfilled it all. In Christ, we're not under the law. We're under grace. We're saved by grace through faith and not of works. And he continues again. He says, don't be entangled again with that yoke of bondage. That yoke of bondage is the law. In Christ, we're free. So we don't go back to that yoke of bondage from which we have been freed. And that's what the Galatians were doing. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Why are you going back to that yoke of bondage? Now, as I said, the particular issue that that Paul is addressing here is circumcision. He wrote, he said, I say unto you, if you be circumcised, if you're looking to your circumcision for salvation, or if you are taking your circumcision and you're adding that to the work of Christ and Christ shall profit you nothing. If you're adding that to the work of Christ, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Look at Acts chapter 15 for a moment. I want to kind of see this in Acts chapter 15. And this is exactly what Paul is talking about. Acts 15 verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Except you be circumcised, you cannot be saved. And it's important to understand that what these people were doing, they weren't denying that Christ was the Son of God. They weren't denying that Christ came. They weren't denying that he died at the cross. But what they were saying is that what his work on the cross was not enough. They were saying, yes, Christ died and, and he lived, but that wasn't enough. Because now you have to do something. And in reality, what, what began to, to creep into the church of Galatia in this day and age is exactly what runs rampant through this world today in the religion of this world. They preach a Jesus. They say that he died. They say that he lived. But they say that his work on the cross wasn't enough because now you have to do something. Now you have to, to make a decision or now you have to turn over a new leaf and dedicate your life to Christ and you have to do all this. You know, as I was listening to a message by Bruce Crabtree one time and he, he said what they, what they did is they took him to the cross, but when they took him to the cross, they found Moses there. When we go to the cross, we see Christ, don't we? We see him. We see our righteousness. We see his blood. We see his his death. But they say, except you be circumcised. After the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Where, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, being brought on their way by the church, 
They passed through Phoenix and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all the things that God had done with them. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and the elders came together for to consider this matter. And where there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. They heard the gospel and God gave them faith and they believed. And God, which knoweth the hearts, God knows the hearts, doesn't he? The Pharisees, what did he say about the Pharisees? He said, you come unto me and you honor me with your mouth and with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Religion wants to dress up the outside. They want to make the outside. They clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but it's within. That's where our problem lies. It's within. It's the heart. And God knows the heart. God searches the heart. And out of the heart comes all evil. And It's a heart work, isn't it? When God saves a sinner, it's a heart work. It's a work done in us and to us. And God knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts. How? By faith. By faith. By grace are you saved through faith. The just live how? By faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we are able to bear. They cannot bear it. You cannot keep the law. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're saved by grace through faith. If you are looking to your circumcision and not to Christ alone, then you're under the law and you're a debtor to the whole law. And like I said, circumcision was a particular issue here, but if you're looking to anything, anything, no matter how small it may be, if you're not looking completely to Christ, you're not under grace. You're under the law. And Paul says... In that situation, in that condition, Christ profits you nothing. Christ has become no effect unto you. His righteousness, his justification, his sanctification, his redemption. If you're looking to circumcision, you've got no part in that. You've got, because now you're under the law, and you're under the whole law, and you're a debtor to the whole law. His blood, his life, his death has become of no effect unto you. And Christ shall profit you nothing. And that's a horrible place to be. That's a, that's a dangerous place to be. To be without Christ is to be without life. It's to be without hope. How are we accepted? How are we going to be accepted with God? In the Son. We're only accepted in Christ. We're complete in Him. <clears throat> You're either trusting in your works or you're trusting Christ alone, alone. 
And remember that a little leaven, just, just a little bit of leaven, leavens the whole entire lump. And if you look into the law, you will find that you are weighed in the balances and found wanting. You remember the young ruler that came to our Lord Jesus Christ and he asked him, he said, what good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? He came to the Lord Jesus Christ on the foundation of the law, on the basis of the law. He said, what shall I do? I want to do something. And so coming to the Lord on the foundation of the law, the Lord answered him based upon the foundation of the law. And he said, you know the commandments. And he said, well, I've kept all those from my youth up. So the Lord told him, he said, okay, you go and sell everything you have, and you give it to the poor, and you come and follow me. And in reality, the Lord Jesus Christ came, at, came to him with the very first commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, and you shall have no other gods before me. And that young ruler went home sorrowful. Why? Because he had other gods. He had other gods. The law does not save. If you look into the law for salvation, you will not find it. What the law does, when you look to the law, is it reveals sin. Paul said, I wouldn't have known covetousness if it wasn't for the law. I wouldn't have known what sin is if it wasn't for the law. And the law doesn't save. What the law does, when I look to the law, is it reveals what I am. It reveals sin. When I look to the law, the law reveals my inability to do anything. I can't keep God's law. I can't do what God commands. The law demands perfection. The law demands holiness. And when I look to the law, I see my sin and I see my guilt. And consequently, the law shuts me up. I'm shut up to it. We see that we have now, and I cannot keep the law of God. Paul said in Romans, we know that whatsoever things the law saith is saith to them who are under the law. Why? That every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And if you're under the law, if you're looking to the law, then you're under the curse of the law. I see my sin. I see my guilt. I see my inability. My transgressions, David said, are ever before me. I've sinned against thee and broken your law. And you're holy and you're just. And if you deal with me according to that, then you've got to send me to hell. Because I see that under the law, I see the curse of the law. For as many as of the works of the law are what? Under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things. Paul said, If you look to your circumcision, you're a debtor to the whole law. And you've got to continue in all things. Man can't continue in all things. Everyone that continueth not in all things, which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law on the side of God is evident. How? For the just live by faith. By faith. The law is a yoke of bondage that you cannot bear. We cannot bear that, which is why we look to Christ. We look to Him, for He alone bore that. You've broken God's law in your words, you've broken God's law in your actions and your thoughts, 
know, most people look towards the outside. They think, well, I haven't stolen anything today. I haven't killed anyone today. So I'm doing, I'm doing good. But remember, God looks on the heart. Well, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes. It says the plowing of the field is sin. The thought of foolishness is sin. You hate your brother in your heart or you hate someone in your heart, you've murdered him. If you look into the law, you will not find life, you'll find death. You will not find freedom, you'll find bondage. You will not find forgiveness, you'll find condemnation. And you'll not find grace or mercy, you'll find judgment and wrath. Don't look to the law. Christ is our salvation. Christ is. The salvation of sinners is in the person and work of Christ, which he accomplished by his life, his death, and his resurrection. And if you are looking to the law and not to Christ, and Christ shall profit you nothing, Christ has become of no effect for you. Your only hope of salvation is Christ. And if you're looking to the law, he profits you nothing. He's become of no effect. The law was not given to save sinners. The law was given to reveal our sin and inability to do anything and to cause us by God's grace and by his mercy and by his power to run to Christ and to flee to Christ. Paul said in Galatians, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. And we do not look to the law for salvation. We look to Christ who is the end of the law. We look to Christ who fulfilled the law, who satisfied all of the demands of God's justice and perfection. We do not go about trying to establish our own righteousness. We look to him. He is our righteousness. He is the Lord, our righteousness. We look to him, and we claim him, and we own him, and we lay hold of him like Jacob. We lay hold of him. We submit unto the righteousness of Christ. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They were religious. The, the, the Jews were religious, ceremonial. They had their traditions. They had all these things. They had a zeal but not according to knowledge. They knew the scriptures, didn't they? They knew the scriptures, but they didn't know he of whom the scriptures testified of. John said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. They knew the sacrifices, but they didn't know the Lamb of God. They didn't know him. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He is our righteousness, isn't he? Look at Philippians chapter 3 for a moment. When we see Christ, when we truly know Christ, we forsake everything else, don't we? Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 1, he said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. 
to write the same things to you, to me, indeed, it's not grievous, but for you, it's safe. You know, we, we have to hear the same things over and over and over and over again, don't we? We have to. Because we forget so soon. It's needful for us to be re- reminded, Paul and Peter too, in their epistles, that they would declare the truth and they, and they would say, put them in remembrance of these things. Put them in remembrance. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Beware of those that would creep in unawares. Beware of those that come in craftily and deceitfully. Because that's how they come in. That's how the, the, the ministers of Satan creep in. They come in craftily, unawares, wolves in sheep's clothing. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. The circumcision of the heart, not of the flesh. We are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That circumcision was a work of the flesh. Paul said we have no confidence in this flesh whatsoever. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he have where he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, as touching the law of Pharisee. Paul had good stock now. He was a child of Abraham. He had Paul's blood. <laughs> According to the Jews, he had good blood. He was, he was circumcised in exact accordance to God's law. As touching the law, he was a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, he persecuted the church. Touching righteousness, which is in the law, in his eyes, he was blameless. Absolutely blameless. He said, but what things were gained to me? What things I trusted in? What things I look to for my salvation. What things I, I laid everything upon as my hope before God. Those I counted loss for Christ. I count them loss for Christ. For Christ. For a person. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, the excellency of it, the unsearchable riches of Christ, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, rubbish, garbage, that I might win Christ and be found in him that's where I want to be found. I want to be found in Him. You know, when the Lord sent judgment upon the Egyptians that day, He said, You take the blood and you apply it on the doorpost. And He said, When I see the blood, I'll pass you by. They were in Christ. In Christ. That ark, that ark pictured Christ. And as long as whoever was in that ark was safe, in Christ. I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. That's filthy rags. <laughs> Neither our fathers nor we were able to bear it. We weren't able to keep the law. But that which is through 
through the faith of Christ, that which is through his faithfulness to God's law, his keeping of God's law. He did always those things which please the Father. That, that righteousness which he established, which is the only righteousness which was according to his obedience unto the law, through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. How does that righteousness become my righteousness? By faith. By faith. Abraham believed God. Paul at one time looked to the law for salvation, but now he said, that's dumb. I'll count it but loss, that I might win Christ and be found in him. Salvation is not at the sacrifice of God's law, but salvation is at the fulfillment of it. Christ fulfilled the law of God and established a righteousness for his people as their representative on this earth. And that is the only righteousness that God will accept as his righteousness. And the righteousness which is through the faithfulness of Christ, and that righteousness becomes ours by God-given faith in Christ. Not only did Christ establish a righteousness for us by his keeping of the law, he also satisfied the demands of God's justice, justice for our transgressions of God's law. He established a righteousness for us, which is ours by faith. Through his faithfulness and by faith. You see, I've, I have a problem. Because I've transgressed God's law. I've sinned against God's law. And my sins and my transgressions, they have to be dealt with. They can't just be swept under the rug. They can't just be looked over. I've sinned against God. And God's holy. God's just. And he has to punish sin. He must punish sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in order for Christ to be just and the justifier of sinners, their sins have to be dealt with in a manner which satisfies God's judgment. Paul said in Galatians 4, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sin. Not only did he establish a righteousness for us, but he redeemed us from our sins. Galatians 3 verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from what? The curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. When he died on the cross of Calvary, he died as my substitute. He lived as my representative on this earth. As a representative of his people, he lived as their representative. Fulfilling the law of God, establishing a righteousness for him. But our sins had to be dealt with. And there on the cross of Calvary, he who knew no sin, he who was perfect, he was righteous. He was righteous. He never sinned. He was perfect. But he died as the substitute of his people. He was made sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And all the wrath of God that I deserved, all the wrath of God that his people deserve, he endured that. Their punishment. When Christ died on the cross as a substitute for his people, 
He freed them, delivered them, redeemed them, justified them, perfected them. Look at Romans chapter 8. We'll look at a couple of passages and I'll, I'll be done. Romans chapter 8. What was Paul's desire? To be found in him. To be found in him. Paul said, I'm not looking to the law. I'm looking to Christ. And I want to be found in him. And if you're in Christ, based upon his life, his blood, his death, that work of salvation that he accomplished on the cross, Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus. Outside of Christ, condemnation, wrath, judgment. Inside Christ, no condemnation. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. That's us. Weak through the flesh. Couldn't keep the law of God. We fall short. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending his own son, God sent his own son because of his love for his people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved his people in this world and he sent his son and the son humbled himself humbled himself the son of God the son of God humbled himself and came down into this world and took on flesh was made like unto his brethren why that he could live as their representative and die as their substitute it was needful that he be made a man God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. (laughs) The righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. It is Christ in you the hope of glory. In Christ, I fulfilled the law of God. So why am I going to go back to the law of bondage? Why am I going to be circumcised? Why am I going to do anything? In Christ, I'm perfect. In Christ, I fulfilled the law of God. And there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ. I look to his faithfulness, the faithfulness of Christ. And I tell you what, if we're in Christ, we're free. And we're secure. If you're there in Romans 8, still look at verse 29. Paul said, For whom he did foreknow, for those whom he chose in Christ before the foundation of the world, that they should be holy and just and without blame before him in love. Why did he choose them? Because he loved them. That's why he chose them. Whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate. 
to be conformed to the image of his son, to be conformed. We, David said, I will awaken thy likeness, righteous, washed in that blood, clothed in that robe of righteousness. I'm going to be just like him, just like him. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, called according to his gospel. That high, heavenly, holy calling where God causes his light to shine into our hearts. In whom he called, then he also justified. In whom he justified, then he also glorified. All accomplished. This is all accomplished before the foundation of the world. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to lay anything to my charge? You remember when Joshua, Joshua stood before the Lord? Who was there resisting him? Satan was. The angel said, the Lord rebuked you. And he took those filthy garments off of Joshua and he put a robe of righteousness on. Who's going to lay anything to my charge? Well, Daniel Parks broke the law of God. Daniel Parks has sinned against God. I have sinned against God. But it's Christ that justified me. Those sins are gone. They've been blotted out. They've been cast behind his back. They've been cast into the depth of the sea. As far as the east is from the west, my sins are gone. Who shall see it? See if I remember where I'm at. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justified. Christ justified me. And his work is a perfect work, and his, his work is a finished work. So who's going to lay anything to my charge? I'm secure. There's no condemnation. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. When he arose again, that showed satisfaction, didn't it? God was satisfied, and he arose again. Who is even at the right hand of God. He's at the right hand of God, making intercession for his people right now. If God be for me, who, be, who can be against me? Who also maketh intercession. And who shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing. Paul says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. We're free from the curse of the law, the condemnation of the law, and the covenant of the law. Don't go back to that yoke of bondage. Don't, don't begin to look within. Don't look to something you do. Look to him. I want to read one more last passage. Colossians chapter 2. And I'll be done. Colossians chapter 2. Paul said in Colossians 2, verse 6, he said, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, O Lord, so walk ye in him. And that's how we walk. We walk in him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, if you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And beware. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, 
after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Not after Christ. And that's what these men were coming in doing. They were teaching the commandments of men, the ceremonies, the, the traditions of the law, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you're complete in him. If you're complete, what else do you need to do? You're complete. So why are you going to add anything to the work of Christ? If you do that, then Christ profits you nothing. You're now under the law. But we're complete in him. And that's why we're able to rest. I can rest in completeness. I can rest in perfection. I can rest there because there's nothing else I need to do. That's why he said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy and weary laden, and I'll give you rest. And you take my yoke upon you. Don't take the yoke of the law. You take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, not according to the flesh, made without hands, and putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who raised him from the dead. When he died on the cross, I died in him. When he arose from the grave, I arose with him. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, forgiving you all trespasses. My trespasses are forgiven by his death and by his blood. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us. It was against us. Which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show with them openly, triumphing over, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day. Don't put that yoke of bondage on me. Don't go back to the law. Don't go back to holy days and, and ceremonies and traditions and, and anything else. Decisions. You know, over the course of time, things evolve in the lies and the heresies and the hypocrisy of modern-day religion. Now it's all about, you know, coming down to an altar. It's all about saying a prayer. It's always something with this world to add to the work of Christ. Let no man beguile you. Let no man deceive you. Let no man judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or in the new moon or the Sabbath day, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Everything in the Old Testament, everything, and the law and the sacrifices and the days and the, the washings, the traditions, everything was a shadow of the good thing to come. And when that good thing came, everything was fulfilled. All the types, all the pictures, fulfilled. Look to Christ. Look to Christ. I hope that's a blessing.